The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, maybe we're a group of people who've been here before this evening, and that's great too. So if you're new, feel free, uh, if you're just joining, to post something in the chat to let me know you're new. Meanwhile, I'll just start into a few reflections. Um, Of course, during this time, we engage in meditations that cultivate this capacity of the heart and mind in the direction of more kindness, more compassion, appreciative joy, and equanimity, among other good qualities of heart. And an important part of this central practice of metta, kindness or friendliness, is how we put it into action in the ways we speak to ourselves internally and to others. And I would say it's so interesting the way we speak to ourselves internally, because often that becomes, uh, kind of tells us a lot about how we start to um, interact with others or how we regard ourselves in interactions with others. Uh, Perhaps some of you have had exposure to the Eightfold Path. Raise your hand if you've practiced with the Eightfold Path, if you know that arena. Great. Some of you do. And for those who are, for whom it's new, it's this wonderful um, set of practices that were outlined in the suttas that help us, uh, it's prescribed as the path to the cessation of suffering. And one of the many things, it contains eight different sets of practices. One of the practices that really is beneficial for us in terms of cultivating kindness is wise speech. And um, it's it starts this wise speech practice with um, what we should avoid or abstain from and uh, tells us that we should abstain from false speech, untruthful speech. We should abstain from slanderous speech, harsh speech, and also from idle chatter. So it can be important to begin to recognize um when our internal voice or our attitude towards ourself could be, you know, some of us experience it as an inner dialogue. Some of us just experience it as the way we feel or think about ourselves. But it can be very important to recognize when that contains thoughts um, that fall along lines that are less helpful to us and when it contains uh, attitudes that are more helpful. So awareness, mindfulness that we practice helps us begin to know or see or hear or feel how we're, how we're talking to ourselves, how we're regarding ourselves. Um, speech that is wise or skillful is said to be devoted to the truth. That means it's neither an exaggeration nor is it mis- misleading. And this is quite a deep practice. It means that what you say to yourself or others isn't distorted by greed, aversion, or delusion. For example, maybe you've all, we've all probably had moments like this when how we said something or what we said was 
tinted or colored by desire or anger or wishful thinking. So many powerful emotions um, and attitudes can uh, flavor what we say. Um, Skillful speech is also said to delight in unifying people instead of encouraging conflict um, and the, the areas that conflict can arise from that are of particular concern are when aversion or res- resentment or wanting to gain something in comparison to someone else is um, affecting how we talk. And instead, speech that promotes harmony and friendship is encouraged. So this really includes thinking about ourselves without cruelty, for example without blaming ourselves when life is unpleasant or difficult. Of course, each life contains challenges, yet we can talk to ourselves or others either as though we understand that this is true, life contains challenges, or we can speak to ourselves in kind of a blaming way as though those challenges are all our fault. Sometimes we play a role, sometimes they are external conditions. Another uh, aspect of wise speech is uh, abstaining from harsh speech, which is engaging in speech that's gentle, maybe soothing, loving, courteous, friendly, agreeable. So instead of giving in to anger, for example, that sometimes um, flavors speech that is sarcastic or a little bit insulting or somehow abusive, why is speech doesn't hurt ourselves or others? We can become aware if we've got a conditioned habit of being self-critical, self-judgmental, or speaking to ourselves with a negative attitude when we when we kind of tune into what that inner voice is like. And we can start to see what it might be like once we become aware. Sometimes we have a long period of just being aware, wow, that's actually the way this is in occurring in my mind before I even speak it, or wow, I said that thing, and now I'm recognizing maybe it was uh, critical or it was judgmental or um, it was negative. But we can start, once we become familiar with this, to start to see what it might be like if we did, if we went a different way with it. What if we weren't so critical? And by the way, we may have a lifetime of conditioning around this, the way we were spoken to when we were kids, the way we learned to speak. These can be deeply ingrained, so I don't take them lightly. Um, and finally, uh, an area where we can be skilled or wise with speech avoids what is called idle chatter. So this refers to pointless speech or It also refers to speaking what's really useful to people and yourself, what's timely, what fits with the Dharma, what's reasonable, what's moderate or makes sense. And, you know, it's very strict with monastics, but with lay people, it's understood that, of course, we're going to engage in friendly or affectionate small talk. That is the way we maintain our connections with each other. And we can also develop an encouraging internal voice 
towards ourselves. So um, we're with when we're lay people, we're encouraged to avoid speech that's going to lead us into our less wholesome or less helpful tendencies, and that is what's intended by uh, avoiding idle chatter. So bottom line, what you say to yourself and then what you say to others is in when it's informed by these different kinds of considerations that I'm describing as part of wise speech, it's a kindness to begin to cultivate or recognize how you speak to yourself, how you think about yourself, and how you think about others. And it makes sense uh, that not all speech is going to be uh, pleasant to everyone. So, for example, there are definitely times we need to think about, acknowledge, discuss problematic situations, needs that aren't being met, you know, all kinds of things that we have to discuss with other people, conflicts. We have to bring them up internally sometimes and spend some time uh, reflecting on them, and we have to bring them up with others. And it's how we do that that can make a difference um, towards creating greater inner harmony and greater outer harmony. So, by the way, this uh, wise speech area is considered to be one of the most challenging practices. So, and any of us who've worked with it here know that really well. So, finally, giving ourselves and each other the benefit of the doubt, being tolerant, being kind, it's so important when it comes to cultivating this form of kindness uh, of inner and outer kind speech, wise speech. And so um, with those thoughts in mind, uh, let's turn to our guided meditation this evening. Uh, Thank you for the chat that you sent, and I'll reply to that a little bit later. So allowing yourself to settle into the meditation in the ways that you know are most supportive for you. There may be ways that you know to bring whatever ease you can bring to the body, perhaps setting aside any preoccupations that the mind is considering or that the emotions are working through, setting them aside just for now by first acknowledging them. And then bringing whatever ease you can.
Perhaps you might notice if there are ways you support yourself with an internal feeling or voice that kind of coaches you in a helpful direction. If there is any internal dialogue noticing, what is the tone of that voice or that feeling in you? Allowing yourself to recognize the best intentions you bring to happy hour and to your practice. Parts of you that already are kind and compassionate and are simply building on those skills. Allowing yourself to see yourself in your best moments, your kindest moments. They could have occurred today or years ago, or there could be many that come to mind. And seeing seeing yourself and your being here in the kindest possible light even if you're trying to heal from great difficulty. Seeing that with perhaps soft eyes. And sending yourself Wishes of loving kindness or the inclination towards it. May I be safe and free from harm. May I be well. May I be happy. May I be at ease. 
and perhaps creating another wish that of kindness for yourself that suits you or that fits your situation. One or two wishes or as many as you like. Perhaps one could be, may I speak to myself or think about myself in kind ways. Noticing whatever comes up, even if it's hard for you to extend wishes for yourself, going ahead and saying them in a very quiet internal voice or sending a kind feeling towards yourself and noticing whatever arises with a gentleness. Just awareness, noticing what has been conditioned. And continuing with kind wishes, the feelings or the words that fit best for you this evening. As we continue in silence.
So when it comes to happy hour, it seems that one of the kind things we can do is to recognize that every person here is practicing, uh, doing our best to learn about kindness. And um, we're learning what kindness thinks, says, and does in all kinds of circumstances that we encounter in our lives, including in in this group. We're getting the opportunity to watch what comes up inside ourselves as we share and as we listen to others sharing when we do the breakout groups and when we come back for the large group. Um, I really appreciate that a number of people lately have let me know what helps them feel supported in the breakout groups. And there's a whole range of things that people have brought up. And I think that's great. It brings to mind that we can support one another really well by giving each other the benefit of the doubt, of course. Um, we all have different backgrounds, a whole variety of wishes and needs, and we can approach what is said and shared in the breakout groups with a kindness that tolerates the learning process, our own and that of others. Um, so thank you each for your honestly showing up and being willing to be vulnerable in expressing needs and feelings about breakout groups and also for par- those who can participate in them for doing that. Um, it's not always easy for everyone to express what they need and want. For some, it feels doable and for others, it can feel impossible. So, um, what we hope to do uh, as teachers is to provide some ways to foster mindfulness um, as people speak and listen about meditation and daily life experiences in the groups in ways that can help grow everyone's practice and foster harmony. So, but finally, you know, there's only one expert here about your needs, and that's you. So, while I'll offer just a few light ideas that might support the discussion, I want to invite you to feel free when you introduce yourself to your small group to say one or two brief things that support you in a breakout group discussion. Um, After you do that, if you care to do that, one possible topic for discussion this evening might be what you noticed about the ways you talk to yourself or think about yourself just the internal process around kindness and speech, internal speech. Um, So as we go into the groups, uh, the encouragement is to share one brief thing at a time and make the round of the circle of three or four people. And uh, when each person takes their turn, you know, they, they say what's happening for them you know, what's going on in their practice. And then when someone, uh, the next turn comes, that person shares from their own experience. Um, And uh, maybe we could start with the person whose first name starts closest to the letter Z and work backwards through the alphabet. It will be about 10 minutes of sharing, and then we'll come back to the large group. So if you find yourself in a breakout group alone, don't worry. I'll find you and I'll reassign you to another one where there are people participating. So 
Enjoy the 10 minutes. Serena, if you can hear me, uh, do you need help getting to your breakout group? Maybe you've you're not connected. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. I We now have about 11 minutes uh, to share anything that you'd like to share from your discussion this evening. And when we do that, we maintain the confidentiality of other members of the group by speaking about our own experience, whatever questions you might have, what might have inspired you. Misha Lu, please. Thank you. Um, our group was um, especially warm, and um, people spoke a bit about their personal experience, but were very mindful about um, saying just a, f- a couple sentences. But the personal part made it very warm and caring and meaningful to me. Wonderful. I'm happy for you and your group. And if you're not visible on screen, you can certainly unmute. Um, when you're ready.
Uh, hi, this is Richard. Hi, Richard. I mean, this this might be obvious, but um, it's really useful if you get have a chance to deal with people from different cultures. And I don't mean uh, necessarily cultures that are really, really alien to us, but, you know, even... English or Australians or, or Chinese or something that, you know, that the, the, there's so many uh, things that we unconsciously take for granted that it, it, it's, it really, it could be jarring and really could open your eyes to all sorts of um, unstated, unsaid things that are being communicated. Mm-hmm. Yes. And each culture has uh, its own ways of communicating non-verbally as well as verbally. And sometimes we assume similarity uh, when we look at someone else and they may have a very different family culture or personal kind of background that makes the way they uh, speak uh, or communicate different from what we have. So thanks for raising that, Richard. That's really a very good point. Staying alert to other ways people express themselves. Neil, please. Yeah, I, I really liked your suggestion about coming up with a new phrase related to speech. Right, I, I, I have a few phrases I've made up, but tonight I came up with. May I be proud with all that I say, mm. right? I mean, which mm-hmm. of course is impossible, but it seems like a nice aspiration. Yeah, wonderful aspiration. All of our aspirations, and when we send loving kindness, are um, yeah. helpful ways to just get, incline the mind in that direction. And not having any regrets about what we say would be fantastic, wouldn't it? To feel it proud, be. yeah. Thanks, Neil. That's great. Also, maybe being forgiving to ourselves when something slips out that's not perfect. (laughs) Because that happens too. Eileen, please. Hi, everyone. Um, and hi, Liz. Thank you so much. Um, in our group and in uh, other sessions I've been in, sometimes people say, you know, it's, it's hard to give loving kindness to myself. And um, I personally don't always find the phrase, may I be happy to be so helpful. But I sat here today just uh, paying attention to the breathing and my thinking was breathing in love, breathing out love as I was doing it. And that really helps saying something, I guess, helps me to stay focused. So my mind's not wandering all over the place, but um, I just experimented with that phrase. It really worked for me. Thanks. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. There's something nice about trading the words that don't work for us to ones that are a little bit more conducive. However that is, like for a very long time, I didn't use may I be happy. I used may I be contented because that felt more realistic to me. So uh, 
it, it, it works to create phrases for yourself. And how was this process, if anybody cares to share, about um, noticing internal speech? We're talking about it in a way when we're talking about how we send phrases to ourselves, but this is one of the more challenging areas of for for many people who have trouble saying meta for themselves. Fred, please. Thanks, Liz. Um, I I noticed because you you asked us and brought it up uh, an an absence of of speech as I was going through my day in certain circumstances. Uh, you know, um, a welcome absence, a a moment when I might have heard at another time, uh, you know, a self-recrimination or um, a kind of pulse of impatience. And I was struck by it not speaking to me. Um, so I think what, you know, what I don't say to myself may be also as important as what I, what I do. Yeah, wonderful point. Sometimes things fall away over time, and it's the absence of some things that were afflictive in the past that's so helpful to realize. Thanks, Fred. Claire, please. Our group didn't discuss this at all, but I sort of glossed over it because of a person, my personal background. Um, I spend a fair amount of time uh, aware of what I'm telling myself because many years ago I studied under the founder of the School of Cognitive Therapy. And the whole theory behind that is that your feelings are determined by your thinking. So if you change your thoughts, you change your feelings. Uh, and it works. So I pay attention to my thinking so that I enjoy my days and I don't go places and tell myself things. A lot of the things we tell ourselves aren't true to begin with. Um, you know, and so I, I do monitor it. So it, it was sort of a non-issue for me, but I, I'm glad you asked because what I learned may be helpful to somebody else. I don't know. It's a, it's a wonderful practice. It really is. Definitely. Um, what fantastic training. Yeah, it was a great gift. And the man who started it was a wonderful, amazingly wonderful human being. So uh, I was very fortunate to have known him. So. Great. Thank you, Claire. And Terrence. Uh, I ran recently in my self-study, ran uh, on studying more into the works of Ken McLeod. And he suggests that um, these these. Uh, the right sila, sila uh, speech, action, and livelihood are the results of, of good practice. They're not practices in themselves. And I've been, that was a kind of a shocker to me. And I've been looking at how my practices, that is mindfulness, concentration, and effort, tend to produce good sila. And, you know, because I've always been confused about trying to be a good moral person. (laughs) If my practice is strong, it just happens. (laughs) Yeah, that's brilliant. 
Thank you so much for sharing that because there are uh, forms of practice that emphasize simply awareness, simply mindfulness again and again. And as we're aware of all of this stuff that we become aware of as we sit and as we practice in daily life, those things open up in naturally into these behaviors, including, by the way, metta. Maybe I bet there's more than one person here who's been on retreat and suddenly just had metta or compassion just flower up, not having tried anything, not having said any phrases. These things will manifest and will unfold from awareness practice, from mindfulness practice, when one just keeps coming back to it honestly and attentively to what's going on. So thanks so much, Terrence. That's great. I'm happy, happy to hear that experience. So it's seven o'clock already, and maybe you'd like to unmute and say goodnight to each other. And thank you all very much for the evening together. Thank you. 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 Thank you.